Hey book fans, welcome to Mama's Bookcase, a podcast where we dive into the books of our childhood and see if they still hold up today. Our guest on this episode is Tori Ulrich, founder and owner of Chicago Supersitters for almost 13 years. She is a mentor to new business owners and to childcare professionals and has become a huge spreadsheet nerd. When she's not at work, she loves doing anything away from her computer, crafting, working in the garden, organizing things, bowling, and hanging with the dog. Her favorite book is very tough. It's like answering a favorite TV show or song. It all depends on the mood she's in and where she's at at the time. Enjoy. Tori, 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 as I live and breathe, I haven't seen you in a thousand years. How are you? I am great. I am so excited to be here. And it's wild to think of, like, I I speak to so many people digitally all the time and I forget how actually long it's been between seeing you in real life. I think it might have been like a birthday, your backyard birthday party. It was like during lockdown, I think maybe. If it was my backyard birthday party, that was three years ago. That's impossible. I Anyway, it's nice to see your face now. Now I'm thinking about it. It might have been. Uh, no, it wasn't. I saw you all the time. It's okay. Okay, great. Uh, it's good to see your face, too. <laughs> your office looks lovely. You look very organized. I love to see it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've packed a lot of people in here now. There's, uh, yeah, four full workstations and whiteboards galore. And, uh, I, I, you know, I love a list. So I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tori works for Chicago Supersitters, as you heard in our intro. Uh, fantastic services in the Chicago area. If you're looking for great sitters, talk to Tori. Or super so, sitters. Or if super you will. sitters, I should say. Super sitters. Let's say with the branding. Yes. Uh, reach out to Tori and her crew. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you about this book and just books in general. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start off. What are you currently reading? What's on your, your bedside table? My bedside table has a pretty big stack, as as you can imagine, depending on the mood and depending on sort of how I'm feeling. But I just started um, The Vanishing Half um, by Britt Bennett. Um, it's been it's been sitting in my pile for a while and I've read honestly some not not great books lately. I was going for some brain break beach read types and they I'm done with those for a little bit. So yeah, I've just started The Vanishing Half and I've heard such amazing things about it. I know I'm years late to the, years late to the party here, but it's great so far and I'm really excited about it. Amazing. Yeah, I've heard good things about that book. Um, I'll add it to my to-read list. My to-read list has like over 500 books. um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not a short (laughs) list. Uh, It might actually already be there. Um, I'm currently reading The Artist's Way. (gasps) interesting what made you pick that up uh it's been on my to read list for a while um and maybe even was reading it but my mom in the pandemic haven't seen each other as much and she wanted to do something together and so she is a a therapist and physical therapist and did art as like a dabbling she has photography but like doesn't do it as her full career and i uh you know do improv and act and all that good stuff and but have felt i don't know what is the next step so we're doing it Mm. together so we just started it last week uh which is good because i've only gotten to like week three and the times i've done it before and i stopped it's like an eight week program so Mm -hmm. hopefully this time i will get through the whole book that's the plan cool and what a cool thing to do with your mom too that's such a 
that's such a great thing. It seems like one of those things that we wouldn't have thought of pre-pandemic, but that right. is sort of we've we've changed to keep and carry through. Um, yeah, being able to connect with people in cool ways, and that's definitely a cool way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we realized at Christmas time that she wanted to do a better job of like connecting, even if we don't see each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is like the way that we're doing it is through. I love it. Through this, this book and creative. Workshop. Yeah, Very I think cool. it's fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, groovy. Okay. Let's get to the point of this episode. Let's do it. Why we're all here. What's this book, Tori? What are we talking about today? We are talking today about Judy Bloom and Freckle Juice. Um, Yeah, Freckle Juice was a really big part of my childhood. I've read it probably more than any other book as a kid. It was my definitely my read it over and over again. Um, it was like my very first chapter book that yeah. I finished by myself that I could whiz through. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I think a little bit lesser known one of Judy Bloom's um, books, but as a ginger, since this is an audio, an audio situation, <laughs> it should be mentioned that I am a, I am a redhead loud and proud. <laughs> and so that theme will come up. Um, I was, I, I'm assuming it's how it ended up on my bookshelf in the first place um, was because I am a freckled ginger but yeah we're we're here to talk about um the 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 magic that is freckle juice amazing yeah when you suggested it i had not read freckle juice i've read many of other uh books by judy bloom all of the fourth grade nothings blubber are you there guys me margaret but not this one so do you remember how this book came to you was it in a classroom do you think a parent Gave it to your family member. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it came to me. I'm assuming it was on my bookshelf. My parents were really reading was a really big part of our childhood. We always had books around. Bedtime stories were definitely part of our nighttime routine. And I remember being praised a lot when I would talk about books. Mm-hmm. And as someone that as I grew up found that I liked, you know, positive attention, I think. <laughs> reading reading books and and you know my I would learn big words out of yep. books we were also a big like look it up in the dictionary family so mm-hmm. we had a, a lot of positive reinforcement around books and language and so I would assume that my mom or a family member or someone handpicked this to make sure it was in my hands yeah yeah I mm-hmm. mean like you said before you were a freckled ginger and I'm sure mm-hmm. Uh, I did a little research to look up other books with like gingered and freckled characters and there aren't a ton and not a ton that would have been out when when you were younger. There are more so now. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure this was like super exciting for you to like see someone who looked like you in books because we love representation. We do. And I it's interesting. I didn't really think about that part until I reread it in prep for this podcast of how of why I felt connected to this and your point of, you know, not a lot of redheaded protagonists or or characters at all the cool thing about this is the whole book the premise of the book is this this um this kid andrew is sitting behind this boy nikki in a classroom and is just so jealous of the freckles he sees on his neck and his face and so not only was you know it not a bad thing to have freckles or be a redhead, but the whole book is about this kid coveting these freckles. Yeah. And, you know, being able to 
to be reading it and thinking like, oh, wow, like I have something somebody else wants um, was just a a cool thing. And again, I don't know that I realized it as much then as I do now. Um, But looking back on it, I certainly can imagine as a as a young a young ginge probably really latching (laughs) on to that. Yeah, I have a, a friend who grew up with freckles and was like often made fun of them for them. So I imagine oh, like yeah. having a book that like um you know, makes this feature of you like a, a really great thing is such a fun thing to read and find in a book and maybe helped embolden a young Tory to be a more confident uh, mm-hmm. person in the world. Yeah. 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 It was just, you know, at that age, especially in the eighties, you know, nobody wants to there's not at my, that age anyway wanted to stand out and be different and I had right. huge red hair and giant big teeth and these freckles all over the place and it, it, none of that blends in yeah. um and so yeah I was definitely made fun of a ton for them so yeah to have this book of like this kid who wants them yeah great. super cool um yeah yeah so I know uh my organized friend you have some notes that you want to bring up about <laughs> this book uh so let's kind of just run through like the plot of the book real quick um Mm. so we have our main character yeah and i'd like to be clear as i get mocked for my notes i wanted to come to your podcast prepared and um not the frazzled mess that i am typically on a friday afternoon so um my notes are to make sure i don't misinform the public about this book i am so excited about (laughs) that's that's fair um, uh, but, but I appreciate but yes, it. I do. <laughs> um, but I am really, yeah, I'm great to, I'm, I'm happy to explain it. So as I said, it is about a second grader named Andrew. Um, he's in class and he's sitting behind this boy, Nikki, and he talks about counting nickels, Nikki's freckles, and he counts up to 84 when the teacher, of course, asks him to speak in front of the class and he gets all embarrassed and a girl in the class named Sharon hears that Andrew wants these freckles so she corners him later and tells him that she will sell sell him a potion for freckle juice for 50 cents now of course Andrew thinks that Sharon is just ugh you know in second grade you know Sharon's are just ugh so he thinks about it all night he gathers um some dimes I think or some small coins in the piggy bank yeah it's just it's it's really written from his perspective and to hear like the panic in his voice, you know, I, I couldn't even really count them. I wrapped them in a Kleenex and shoved them in my pocket. So he gets to school, he gets the potion for freckle juice. It, you know, he then makes it, it is of course disgusting. He gets very, very sick and goes back to school, um, asks Nikki where he got his freckles. He says he was born with them. Um, and then Sharon moves her her scam party on to somebody else to try and sell freckles to somebody else. So it's just, it's this boy's, little boy's quest to get freckles and the lengths that he will go to to do it. Um, he ends up going back to school the, the day, you know, after he takes the freckle juice with blue marker dots on his face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's it's so much from his perspective and it's really, it reminds me sort of of the... Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like where you hear the panic in the voice of in that age, um, you know, having to get the key to his house and run home and get it and pull the recipe out of his oh, shoe. And the stress of like talking to his mom and his neighbor. I know, I know. While she's playing cards, he has to go pick up the key from his mom's at the neighbors and she offers him cookies and he's like, hell no, woman, I don't want your cookies. I need to go home. Drink this freckle juice. 
fact that uh, you turned down cookies to go do this is also super important because like, yeah, I feel telling. like nothing could have pulled me away from cookies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like at some point during this, I would like to read the recipe for, for freckle juice. Um, oh, yes. yes. I think it's important. Is now the time? Uh, um, yeah. You want to do that? Go ahead. Sure. So through the copy of the book that I have, this is my original one from when I was really little. It has my name like mm-hmm. written in, in little girl handwriting in the cover. Um, so they're like little drawings throughout the book. Mm-hmm. There's like little, you know, little ones. But of course, it is a very serious chapter book. So mm-hmm. they're not all illustrated. Um, but there's a handwritten recipe picture in this book. And it says, Sharon's secret recipe for freckle juice. One glass makes an average amount of freckles. To get like Nikki Lane, drink two glasses. Mm -hmm. Mix up all these things together, stir well, and drink fast. Grape juice, vinegar, mustard, mayonnaise, juice from one lemon, pepper and salt, ketchup, olive oil, and a speck of onion. P.S. The faster you drink it, the faster you get freckles. It's like, I feel like two of the, like half of that would be like a nice kind of like, summary drink the other half would be like a nice <laughs> marinade or dressing spritzy dressing for a salad yeah <laughs> nice zesty italian uh with a side of grape juice mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah but he like makes it and then just drinks the whole cup of it down um, yeah let's let's first. talk about sharon though because i mm, sharon I have feelings about Sharon. I kind of stand Sharon. I'm not going to lie. We love an entrepreneur. You know, we love someone who's trying to uh, reduce a pain point for a customer. We, <laughs> we as an entrepreneur, you're nothing but a problem solver. I think it's not a problem solver. And she was like, great, let me make this recipe up, give it to this boy. And then turn around and try to give it to someone else, a different recipe to remove freckles. Like, just always thinking on her feet. And I, I don't know, I'm here for it. <laughs> and I also think it's worth noting that um, that Andrew didn't, like, come back to school pissed at Sharon. No. He came back to school like, see, it worked. Look at my freckles. <laughs> like, he somehow got her where she's just, like, got her 50 cents and is, you know, living large. Um, yeah. I agree. I remember thinking... <laughs> I remember thinking when I read it as a kid, I did not like Sharon. Obviously, you're oh, not supposed sure. to like Sharon. For sure. Because Sharon, to me, obviously, was the kid that was making fun of me for my freckles and my yes. giant teeth and my all yes. this stuff. So I was like, you know, we hate Sharon. Uh-huh. But much like you, my friend, I read it this time. I was like, you get your Sharon. Get your Those money. boys probably aren't very nice to you. This is 1980. There's what it was 1971. Uh-huh. You go out there and you get yours. Get your coin, Sharon. Get Judy your- Bloom was not messing around. Here, are you there, God? It's me, Sharon. Like she came <laughs> in hot with this like lemonade stand via freckle juice. And honestly, like, if he had come at her, she's like, well, it just didn't work. Like, you you messed up. You didn't do it right. I think there are lots of ways to get out of it. Um, it's also never too early to young. You're never too young. You're never too young to vet your sources. Yes. Hello. Does Sharon have freckles? I right? don't see any in the pictures in the are book. Are there reviews like, of Sharon's work from other customers? Who made this person freckle police? Like, how did she get this recipe? Right? Really, it's it's not her fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, it's a lesson in doing your own due diligence. 100%. <laughs> we are learning at a young age to <laughs> trust 
but verify, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we can only trust ourselves. Really. And it reminded me, so in middle school, I would do this. We would, like, <laughs> sounds horrible. We, like, would combine parts of our lunch and then get our friend to eat it. That was also, I'm like, oh, this is something I did in school. Yeah. But he did it for free. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, my brother did this. My brother yeah. used to eat peanut butter and jelly and summer sausage and mayonnaise sandwiches sandwiches just to gross me out like the sole purpose i mentioned it to him the other day and he was like yeah i did that but it was just because it like made you so mad that's so gross like really you did that and i think that i feel that way too like if you're this stupid to do this then go ahead yeah Yeah. got my goat you have the stomach flu my like or the food poisoning he should have said no but he's like no i'm gonna get me Mm-hmm. get me some freckles yeah. um mm-hmm. i was gonna say he another part that stuck out is that he um he gets home turns down cookies makes this giant mess in his kitchen mm-hmm. and doesn't clean it up before his mom gets home mm-hmm. and i just i'm just like rookie mistake kid rookie mistake i just don't mm-hmm. know why you wouldn't clean up first yeah um uh, yeah, the other thing that I didn't mention that was um, that comes up a lot is the cleaning behind the ears. This is oh. a really big theme in this book. Is that yeah, Andrew in the beginning of the book he feels like he's always late for school because his mom makes him clean behind his ears, and if he had freckles, she wouldn't have to clean behind his ears because it would all just look like freckles or so something that's... disgusting like that. So his reasoning for this was, I won't be late for school because my mom won't have to wash behind my ears. Yes. So Which I feel like was a big thing when I was growing up too, that my parents also wanted me to wash my ears all the time. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I don't know either, but I'm going to tell you what, I fell into a really weird TikTok pocket of, I'm not going to gross out everybody here, but a TikTok pocket that makes me clean behind my ears a lot. Oh. Those dermatologists, those dermatologists TikTok things and they- yeah. I mean, oh. like, wash behind your ears, people, because you can't see what's gru- brewing back there. Oh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, my parents mm-hmm. are right. I don't know. I know that we started it, like, hundreds of years ago because people couldn't bathe. But now we wash behind our ears because just trust me on it. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, maybe Andrew's parents and our parents are right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Digging around back there with that rough terry cloth, getting all that bacteria okay. out of there. Okay. I mean, I'm um, not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying as a kid, I always question what was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but to your point also about the not cleaning up, I mean, I do think that that is like the fact that that's how he gets caught. And he's like green in his room. Mm-hmm. Like he's so sick and... Like he only had an hour. He was, he had to go home to Mrs. So-and-so's house because his mom was playing cards. Mm-hmm. He had to go over and get the key, turn down the milk and cookies, mm-hmm. went home. I mean, this all happened very quickly. Um, and yeah, didn't, didn't clean up the mess. Cause Super I feel like rookie mistake. if he is doing something he's not supposed to, and he knows that he's not supposed to like, I think he had, his mom gave him a different chore too when she got home. He was supposed to do something that wasn't making freckle juice. I can't remember what it was, but I think she gave him like a task to do. Oh, I don't know. I don't when remember. he got home, and I feel like um, when I was a kid, because I, I was sneaky. I admit that. Mm-hmm. The number one thing you do was clean up after yourselves first before you start getting into anything else. Like that's the first rule. Is just clean up. <laughs> I mean, 
honestly, I feel like this is part of our all of our obsession with true true crime podcasts. We all know we all work the scene backwards, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they're going to be home at eleven, so we need to have everything cleaned up and ready to go by ten thirty, which means yes. that we need to commit this infraction by seven, so that we can have the fallout and the this this this. And so that's why we all can like determine the you know solve the mystery and determine what's up because we're like you sloppy sloppy people. Right. How did you, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I want to make sure that we do mention in this in this conversation about this is one of the major heroes of the story being the, the teacher. teacher. Yes, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the the first day when he's getting the the when he's getting the recipe, or the first day I guess he talks to her, that's when Sharon says, bring me the, bring me your money, I'll give you the, give you the thing. So they pass the note in class, pass the recipe as a note in class, and the teacher catches them, so confiscates the note. Gives it back to him at the end of the day, but surely like any good teacher, you want to know what the note says. We assume yeah. she read it, mm-hmm. um, so knew it was freckle juice. So then he misses the next day of school because he's sick, and then when he does come back, He's got all these blue dots all over his face. Mm-hmm. He calls him up at one point and says, what is all over your face? Or there's an interaction or something where he says, well, freckles aren't blue. Like there's this whole thing. And she can see that his whole universe is crumbling here. Mm-hmm. So she calls him up to the desk and says, I have this special freckle juice removal or freckle removal potion. And sends him to the bathroom with a note on this package that says, turn on the water, wet the magic freckle remover and rub into your face, rinse. If magic freckle remover does not work, first time, try again. Three times should do the job, Miss Kelly. And so Miss Kelly played along, kept his, his little dignity intact. Proof again, that teachers know what's going on and teachers love the kids and really, you know, Pay attention to this stuff. I don't think that this is that far-fetched, to be honest, that a teacher would do this for a kid. And yeah, I hope simultaneously she chastised Sharon and was a bit (laughs) instructive on being more creative with her entrepreneurial ventures. However... I don't think so. Um, she was back the next day with with, uh, Nikki. I guess. (laughs) I guess guess that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, But yeah, the teacher really really was cute and there's like a whole narrative moment in the one part similar to that bit in the Christmas story where he's imagining his theme to get the A plus 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 and you can hear Nikki being like she's reading the freckle juice potion what if she wants to take the freckle yeah. juice potion you think that I'm not it's just it's cute it was she was so kind that the entire thing like even mm. when he wasn't paying attention to like uh because I think at one point she calls on him and he like says something weird out loud she's kind of like doesn't chastise him and is so kind mm-hmm. i think i was just struck by her kindness because i feel like a lot of books that i read growing up uh, some of the teachers were like were super mean villainized teachers yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 which is having worked with kids and now taught and done stuff like that's mm-hmm. not my jam anymore um mm-hmm. but i just love how sweet she is throughout this entire entire book um, yeah which like I feel like reminds you that you can come to your teachers with things that are, if you're socially hard, like they will do their best to take care of you, which is a great um, reminder for kids. 
yeah, that it's a safe space. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a good reminder to us to let teachers be that safe space and stop oh, yes. making teachers be the hard ass all the time. I mean, yeah. I think of how many teachers I leaned into, how many teachers for little silly stuff, even just like this still happening, like mm-hmm. just letting, you know, teachers, we spend more time with our teachers than we do with our parents for oh. most years or most mm-hmm. of our early years. And um, I thought it was, yeah, a really beautiful reminder of that special little relationship stuff that they see yeah. that, uh, you know, parents or nannies or whomever don't necessarily get to see those kid interpersonal interactions like that. Yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah. I was thinking, I was trying to remember, like, what was the time that a teacher kind of helped me in a, in a weird moment or not a weird moment, but my uh, eighth grade teacher was the one who introduced me to fantasy novels. That she mm. saw me take an interest in certain things and let me borrow like one of her own books and i read it and was like immediately just like this is it this is mm-hmm. everything i need and so just kind of like how she set me on a really cool reading path because she saw an interest in, in something so i just i love that like i don't know they see us before we see ourselves kind of a mm-hmm. thing, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's i think back to it and i i you know thinking back on my childhood for a lot of reasons and in different situations and different adults that stood up for me or with me or sort of made themselves present um, for me. So many different teachers and so many formative comments, but it's really um, those that looking back on it now, like helped you sort of nurture whatever weirdo part of you was in there. If it's, you know, you're a weirdo about music or books or a sport or whatever it is, mine was a a theater teacher and I really found belonging in a whole bigger sense that way. But, um, yeah, just, you know, it's, it it can be a really special relationship. I mean, this is something I preach about all the time, separate from this, but adults in kids' lives, whether it's a teacher, a nanny, a babysitter, an aunt, the regular checkout person at your local bodega, like Mm -hmm. whatever it is, if you are an adult existing with a kid, you are part of their little life and you get to bring something to them. And I just, this trend to making it so much harder for teachers to connect with kids is so discouraging yeah. to me. Um, sorry to down or the end of freckle no, juice here. <laughs> no, I think it's important to note. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I think it's, it's an important note to make um, that teachers are, are heroes and we should treat them and pay them as such. Oh. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tune into another podcast upcoming where we will discuss um, treating childcare roles or roles traditionally held by women uh, seriously. But that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, and I'm excited to have the conversation at some point. Um, yeah, we will. We definitely will. We definitely yeah. will. Um, I I'm trying to think of other. Oh, we got to see this picture. Um, I know where this is just you and me. I don't know if this was the copy that you read or if we could do yeah, a still shot of something. Me. But to see Sharon on the last day, <laughs> being Sharon. like, hey, boo, that freckle juice didn't work, but I got me some Nikki. <laughs> She's literally like, mm, bye, boy. This is my and next I, mark. Uh, and giving me some some Eloise once she got out of the plaza energy. <laughs> we'll have to post a yeah i'll have you take a photo of that <laughs> and send it to me because we're yeah. my copy was a more updated version i think came out in like the early 2000s so the okay okay i don't have that version of sharon and i would like yeah i'll send you some <laughs> some pictures this is the this is the the picking up the key at the card game um 
just so silly just yeah it's and these images bring back like such a oh it's wild it's wild um, it's a wild trip i was so excited to to be invited to to do this again it's not a book i would have picked up and thought this much about um like this that's that's kind of the point it's just like it's let's revisit these books that like has such a big impact um Mm -hmm. and see if they're still great because i feel like um i had a comment from a parent who was like some of these books are like that i sent out from most book club a little bit older i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. but also like they're still good and still valid and still have like great um messages yeah that we maybe would have forgotten about um i talk a lot about jamaica's find which is like the one book that i had or one or a few that have a black girl in it and i love mm-hmm. to send it out because it's like one of the ogs one of the originals and it's still kind of a sweet it's still it's still a very sweet book um, yeah there are a lot of a lot of things that were written a long long time ago that need to be updated sure. and need to be you know brought up to the current thing like declaration of independence for instance mm-hmm. like there's a lot of things that just don't really hold up but just because books are old doesn't mean that they don't carry the right messages people were writing about this stuff before just not as easily i'm yep. not able to produce it and publish it as as easily um you know like even just scrolling through this right now as i'm talking to you the image that's written in this book while this woman is playing cards is a woman of color sitting at the table yeah and like i just noticed as that i was looking through it with you right now that's our girl judy bloom i feel like yeah. jude's had some say in that um but they do need to be brought up to date, but there were good nuggets of things. We just have to find them. I love that you send out old books. I think. Yeah. I think know. a lot of them still have great, they still have great value. And a lot of yeah. them still, yeah. And the, so, especially the things that made them important then, giving them yes. new life, giving them yeah. new and recognizing those that were saying the right stuff um, then and making the appropriate strides then to do it properly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Yeah. That being said, I'm not, I think that this book would need a pretty solid update to really do this now. I don't know. Yeah. What about it? Because you're asking a question of like, does it hold up now? Um, mm-hmm. and I also wonder, because what was the date that your, the like the edition of your, of your book? The you know, edition of mine is 86. Okay. 1986. Because um, I'd be curious to see if, if there were some changes made to the mm. version that I have. Um, mm-hmm. But what are, what are your qualms with this book or what would you think needs to be updated? Um, um, it feels, um, maybe it is just the images that I'm seeing as I'm looking through this. Cause I'm, I don't actually think that the words are necessarily out of date. Yeah. But the images aligning with them within here, which of course would not be updated, are very like are very dated. Okay. You know, the stay-at-home parents playing ca- mom playing cards after school, and mm-hmm. the the teacher in the high-waisted. I don't know. Like it just looks very dated and very gender role. Okay. Gross, kind of. I'm not saying this very clearly. Yeah. I'm flipping through it as I'm trying to answer this question. It, the message holds up. I mean, the message is sort of everybody wants what they don't have and you're good with what, who you are and sort of celebrate that. But I don't, Okay. Great. I don't, I would be interested in hearing it, having a child read it and tell me what they think. Yeah. But I don't think that it's like aged poorly. I don't okay, think cool. that there's anything in it that I wouldn't 
I just don't know if kids would relate to it. I think now. they, I think because the, I'm going to get a newer version of this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get it back. So in, in my hands again, and I will send you photos for uh, what my copy has. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that might, I think they, they knew that what you're saying. I think they acknowledged that and updated mm. the photos. Did you feel like it aged well when you read it? Did oh, you feel like, yeah. Oh wow, this totally holds up. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I was like, Oh, this is great. Awesome. Cool. Um, and I think in my version, I don't know if there's a photo of the neighbors, but I know that the teacher in my book is a black woman. So I remember seeing that in, um, in mine, but now I'm curious to like, uh, maybe we'll, we'll post like the images from your book and the ones from mine and we'll see how it I love it. I mean, honestly, flipping through this right now, there is more diversity in this book from 1986, just within the, the choices of the, the kids in the class, the neighbors, all of this stuff than I see in a lot of books today. So I would be interested. I This conversation has made me look at this book in a whole new way, which I would say means mission accomplished. Yeah. Momo. Momo, you just book clubbed me. I did. I'm, uh, you did. I love it. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. Amazing. That's, okay. So we're cool. putting it maybe on the maybe pile. I think Maybe we'll add an addendum or uh, once you see the, the updated images, maybe you'll, but I think you're right. I think the story still holds up. I think we're yep. um, shining light on someone who maybe got made fun of or a group of people who got made fun of when they're younger and making mm-hmm. it a, a beloved thing. So I think, I think I would, I think with the updated photos that are illustrations that are in my book, I think, I think it mm-hmm. does and would give it as a gift too. Yeah. And I was, you just said something that made me think, Freckles could be one of numerous things that like Mm -hmm. freckles could represent all kinds of different Mm -hmm. things um, that could be plugged in here. And, and for that reason, hearing you sort of say it back to me, I changed my answer to affirm. Yes, it does hold up. (laughs) Good. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. I'm going to update my notes. I'm going to update my notes here um, that that you made fun of me for and correct myself. I'm incorrect. It does hold up. I will say I was, I was worried. I, I, did some research and found some other books just in case because I remember initially you were like I don't know if this is like it was gonna be good and I was like no we'll we'll talk about it so I'm glad it is a it is a yes um, it is a yes yeah I mean I just I I'll, people would ask me what was your favorite book when you were little I would say Freckle Juice yeah. but until you said hey can we talk about this I hadn't reread it I honestly probably couldn't have named the characters I just remember connecting to it and it is interesting looking at it through this lens, especially this lens now of how much work I do with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, this interaction feels absolutely appropriate that one kid would give another kid yeah. a dare of this, except it would include some perhaps some online bullying about it. But wow. this, it just feels very right on for the age. And yeah, yeah I just I, I think this project you're doing is awesome. It really did make me look at it with whole new, whole new perspective. Oh, yay. And if anything, it just shows how, what good taste you had at a young age in, in literature. Oh, my gosh. Say that again. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um, yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. And also yeah. just about how great freckles are. Yeah. Um, but how also you should be wearing sunscreen as not to get freckles later on. If you weren't born with them, 
or Gotham as a kid, you shouldn't really strive for them now. Yes. I will clarify. I'm not looking for more at this point. Yes. Uh, you know, PSA, we should all be wearing more sunscreen anytime mm-hmm. we go outside. That's just a mm-hmm. blanket Make statement. sure it's in your makeup if you choose to wear it. Yep. Make sure it's in your Low man skin. moisturizer if you choose to wear it. Make sure it's in your everything. Easy boop boop, throw one in your purse. Um, sunscreen, especially until we fix this climate problem. Um <laughs> Yo, we need our faces. We need our face skin to fight in the revolution. So put your sunscreen on. If you take nothing else from this podcast episode, wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen and freckles are cool. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can always trust someone. You can. No, not always. I'm not even going to feel that. I can't guarantee that at all. Um. Do you have yeah. uh, any other points from your, your notes, my diligent note taker? Um, I don't have any other points from my notes. Um, <laughs> I I just am really excited about this. I, I yeah. just, I, I wrote that I just was excited to be taking the notes. Honestly, I'm just, I'm thrilled about this podcast. I love people talking about books and listening to what people take from books. Um, you know, I've myself admittedly have not, I don't know if it was, I just read so much during COVID. I'm just not as focused on it anymore, but I sort of lost my reading bug a little bit. I used to, you know, I find myself scrolling my phone more, which I don't love. Um, And this sort of knowing I was talking to you about it made me really look at the stack of, because I knew you were going to say what's on your nightstand and I didn't want to be like, nothing. I can't read. I don't read. I've forgotten how. Yep. Um, But uh yeah, I just, I'm excited about the project. I, I love what you're doing. Books are so universal and you're so good at talking about them. And I just, I'm so grateful to be on the podcast with you Aww. here and doing this. And I just love this conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. Um, you're very welcome. Um, I think my secret agenda is just to get more adults to read, whether it's adult books or kids with your, from your past. Mm-hmm. That's just, we're just trying to read more out here in these streets. So yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things is, is when people say, or or, I'm going to mess this up, but when you hear someone mispronounce a word, Mm -hmm. it means that they read it or they learned it while reading. And never said it out loud. Yep. Mm -hmm. And never said it out loud, which I thought was so, so cool. It was the same eye-opening sort of thing as when someone says, um, you know, if you hear someone struggling to speak the language you speak it means that they speak at least one other one fluently so right back off kind of thing mm-hmm. um <laughs> excuse me but I agree I mean I think the fact that every time I go on vacation I'm struggling more and more to be like okay what books am I going to take because mm-hmm. I want to like all right well I don't want to read this one because it might put me in this mood and I, I really want to write read something fluffy but then when I read something it fluffy i'm like you guys are all so dumb i'm not invested in it <laughs> i fell into a colleen hoover pocket and like no shade to those that love colleen hoover but i one of those ones just i closed the book and screamed i was so so mad about the ending and so i need to find my reading groove again i think it's also good to know that you can put down a book that you don't love walk away from I finished it I couldn't walk away from it I wanted to so thank you for that permission because I am really not good at that you can uh I have learned to do this there's a couple books on my to read pile that I'm probably not gonna pick up again because they just are not fun and so Mm -hmm. you know I think the goal is to 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 find books that you love to read and revisit the ones you loved before you know that's the whole goal it's a great put that on your merch 
Yeah. You get some Momo's merch and put that on something. I'd buy that t-shirt. That is very good. I, oh, mm-hmm. kind of very smart. Hey, everybody, smash that subscribe button and drop a comment <laughs> below if you want some Momo merch. Tori is just trying to, to sell the whole brand, and I'm here for it. Uh- <laughs> got it. Hey, man, we got to lift each other up in these times. That's very true. Um, well, Tori... I think we did Whoa, it. Oh, I'm so glad we did this. How long did it take us to schedule this? Because I'm so terrible about responding. I'm so glad we did it. We got it on the calendar. Um, and I'm um, I'm so grateful. Thank you for asking me to do this. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on here. I can't wait to hear uh, your own podcast. Thank you so much, Tori. It's been You are so welcome. Yay. Thank you so much. I can't wait to to see you in real life and give you a big hug. Yeah. Thank you, Mo. Hopefully that'll happen sooner than three years i mean listen the weather the, the trees are turning green so that would tell us that the warm weather is on its way at some point and so in that seven days where chicago is warm we'll hang out okay all right let's <laughs> do it. Snowing. all right awesome see you later momo's bookcase is created edited and produced by me morgan Phillips spots and our theme music is by nia d'amelio for more information about momo's book club follow us at momo's book club on all platforms or go to www.momosbookclub.com. Momos Bookcase is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com 